Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm host Dale Spangler, and this week my guest is Colin Godby, the CEO and founder of American Electric Dirt Bike Startup, Dust Moto. This episode is brought to you by Moto America. See the fastest racing on two wheels. It's Moto America Superbikes at Pittsburgh, August 18th through the 20th with six classes including Superbikes, Supersport, Twins Cup, Junior Cup, Mini Cup, and the Women's Build Train Race Series. It's fun for the entire family with kids under 12 free and available VIP camping packages for the ultimate fan experience. It's Moto America Superbikes at Pittsburgh, August 18th through the 20th. Reserve your tickets and camping spot today at MotoAmerica.com. Let's get started. Colin Godby, welcome to Pit Pass Moto. Appreciate your time today coming on to share some of the story of Dust Moto, a new EV motorcycle brand coming to the market. So how are you today, Colin, and uh, what's new? Dale, it's it's so great to be here, and thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk a little bit of shop around the electric moto space and, and what we're doing at Dust. Um, we're just jamming, man, trying to get this thing off the ground and, and share some good stuff with the folks out there. Now, looking back at your history, like you've been involved in just, it seems like a lot of engineering slash design projects through the years. I would kind of describe you as like a serial design engineer. You know, would you say that's the case? Because you've done a lot of really cool things through the years. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for calling that out. I Definitely from an early age, I was always really interested and excited in how things work. I was for sure a, a big fan of motorsports, race cars, and also bicycles at a young age. And, and when I was kind of going through my school age career, I was thinking about how I can take that passion and turn it into an actual career. And it, it took me a little while to figure out what that was, which at the end of the day was engineering. But once I kind of um, realized that engineering was building the stuff that we love and designing that stuff, um, went down that path. And, and from that point forward, definitely was just into the weeds, trying to think of new solutions and new products that could be worked on. And so my whole career has kind of spanned a bunch of different industries. And like you said, a bunch of different projects from vehicles to uh, consumer products to theme park rides. So like you said, you, you kind of have a pretty diverse background, but one of those brands that you worked with more recently was a brand called Ubco out of New Zealand, utility bike company that you had a big part in. Super cool two-wheel drive. I'd call it like a Trail 125, CT 125 sort of inspired electric two-wheel drive motorcycle. So tell us a bit more about that background and having worked for Ubco, the timing seemed like it was right for this new moto brand, Dust Moto. So tell us a little bit more about that background in the EV space. 
So one of my earliest jobs out of college was with a company called Millen Works, and is actually Rod Millen, the old New Zealand Kiwi race car driver, um, his shop in Southern California. And we worked on a bunch of super interesting, I would say almost like skunk works projects for the vehicle industry. So we were doing everything from concept cars for Toyota and, and Chrysler, Rod's race cars for desert and kind of short course trucks. We're also working with the likes of Yamaha, working on some super early versions of timber sleds and uh, really unique buggies being powered by kind of these custom V8s that we were building in the shop. But what was super interesting there was we were building some of the kind of first ground up battery packs and drivetrains for both hybrid as well as full electric drive. And at the time, I was super into mountain biking. And that's kind of really when I started to get into this idea of two-wheel electric, as well as just four-wheel electric vehicle powertrain design and engineering. So once I kind of had that as my foundation and, and really developed a sensibility and capability in the space, I continued on with my career. But when the opportunity at Ubco came up, where it was two wheels, it was electric and outdoors. I was basically like, oh man, I got to jump on this. This is sort of the amalgamation of all of my passions and capabilities here and love the brand. And like you said, the Ubco 2x2 has such a strong connection to the you know Honda Trail 90 110s into the 125s. Like that product was such a critical product for shaping the motorcycle industry. And I loved how Ubco was kind of carrying that torch forward into the new age of electric drive. And so I ran all of product engineering design at Ubco while I was there. And one of the really cool things about that company was we had the chance to kind of bring it to the U.S. in a more, I think, holistic fashion, tell the story in a way that resonated with the U.S. consumers and start to develop future products and extensions for that product line that would work really well in this space versus the global space. And while there's a lot of similarities, there's also a lot of differences in how people use motorcycles around the world. But, you know, as part of my role, one of my jobs was to start looking five, 10 years out and what could Upco become as a brand and having a full portfolio of products. We did a ton of research. And so I think my time at Upco was really valuable in a sense of just understanding the awareness of the entire market at a deeper level than I had had previously as you know, a consumer and a participant now is sort of my job as a professional to kind of know the ins and outs of all of these market segments, um, customers and spaces. And so as I was transitioning out of Ubco, I was taking stock of all of the accumulated knowledge and kind of awareness of the industry and started to think about what might be next. And it was about that time as I was kind of working on next plans and, and starting to get a feel for what was out there, that it dawned on me that there currently was not an American dirt bike company. And while I'm aware of, and we'll talk probably a little bit more here shortly, of some of the most recent attempts, um, it just seemed incredible to me that with America being the cultural epicenter for two-wheel recreation, and more specifically, moto and dirt bikes, that we didn't have a brand that we could all get behind. And so being a little bit of an opportunist, as well as sort of a designer at heart, I said, there's a big opportunity here to develop a compelling brand and product to fill this need. 
so yeah, that's basically how the earliest sort of genesis of Dustmoto came about was taking the knowledge base and sort of my background in development and, and my most recent experiences at Upco and, and directing it towards this open gap in the market. Yeah, so it's really, in a way, kind of like a culmination of your experience and then kind of what the market was missing at the moment. And I, and I love your description of what you know the actual concept is, which is innovative electric dirt bikes rooted in U.S. moto culture. It's not just going to be American-made. It's really going to be plugged in to the U.S.-based moto culture. Yeah, no, I think as I kind of took stock of some of the current electric moto offerings or even attempts to crack the U.S. moto market at large, I became really keenly aware of how special the U.S. kind of moto community is. It's also really protective. And I think in a lot of good ways, um, it's a community that takes care of itself but I think that there's also hard edges that can sometimes lead towards, you know, making it hard for upstart brands to crack into that space if they're not effectively connected in. And so I was really focused on this from the start. And, and it's obviously it's a continuous work in progress. But it's really important to me that as we build this thing up, we're not stationed here on the outside and sort of just showing up with a solution that's ready made and said, hey, everyone, this is the best thing ever. No, like, let's actually build this with the community here in the US, which is so, I think, passionate about the sport to get it right. And I think even when you talk about electric as a powertrain technology versus gas, there's a lot of preconceived notions for, I think, very good reasons. Like the gas bikes that we have today are ama amazing machines. And so I think it is potentially a, a steep hill to climb to try to say, hey, there's something new and different. There's a reason you should be interested. So my belief is let's actually get rooted in with the industry and the culture and build this hand in hand. So that way, when we show up and we finally have the product ready, everyone's like, yep, this is something that we helped build. We're super stoked on it. We know how to place this they're not coming for my big bikes. You know, this is actually a unique product that can live next to it in my garage. I also think that you're going to eliminate so many of those, you know, like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? That's really an important point there to be able to have that feedback as you're going along. Now, I th also think it's important to point out that Dust is really kind of positioning itself alongside, you know, the ICE, you know, the internal combustion engine, gas bikes. And so in other words, it's in addition to, not not in lieu of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, sort of playing back some of the, you know, new brand entrants and efforts to create these brands around electric. One of the things that sort of surfaced as kind of common thread between the likes of Zero and Livewire and Alta was in this process of trying to tell the story like, hey, we can replace the ICE experience completely and electric is better. Um it was sort of papering over some of the real physics challenges associated with electric drive. And those brands that I've named, like they made amazing products. And in a lot of ways, the experience that they offered was incredible. And, and one might argue in ways better than gas. But when they went for sort of a replacement experience of these highly capable gas bikes, you end up having to trade something because of the nature of the physics of energy density and gasoline versus batteries and the relationship of power and velocity. So basically, the faster you make a bike or a vehicle, the power requirement 
is linked to the square factor. So it's an exponential function. So more and more power is needed to go faster and faster, let's say highway speeds or max performance. And when you couple that with batteries' inability to meet the energy density of gasoline currently, you end up having either exceptionally large batteries, which are very costly, or having significantly reduced range. And so that kind of understanding of the technical challenge to actually create a replacement experience of gas told me, like, let's actually not try to solve that problem right now. We're not there yet. What we can do is actually build a really unique and compelling experience because of the benefits that electric brings that goes alongside of the gas bikes that you might have in your garage already. And sort of the analogy for me is like, you know, a lot of people own cell phones. And when tablets came out, it wasn't the smart move for people to say, hey, the tablet's going to replace your phone. You know, like (laughs) um, you can own a tablet and a phone because they serve different purposes, right? And so for me, the bikes we're building are going to be more lightweight, more agile and dynamic than uh, 250 or 450. The power is going to be up there on, you know, sort of same spectrum as a 250, but the type of riding and sort of the playful kind of flickable experience that you get out of this, let's say a lightweight moto, or it's maybe a middleweight electric moto, um, is super compelling. And I kind of look at it, you know, it's like for every SUV, there's uh, a sports car owner as well, right? So keep the big bikes when you need to go into beast mode on the track or on the big, you know, enduro rides. But when you want to get out, get some more rides in after work or just some fun rides with buddies playing in the back lot or whatever, we're going to have a solution for you there too. Yeah, I like the term light moto in some of your like newsletters. I like that term. To me, that sort of explains it. You know, it's not it's not an e-bike, but it's not like an ice bike either. So it's kind of like splits the difference in a lot of ways. So like in your position, you know, how do you guys, you know, educate the audience when there's so much, in a lot of ways, there's still a lot of pushback. I guess, firstly, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of picked up on the light moto. You know, I would love for that to sort of help classify this segment. You know, the way that we're going to be able to build these bikes, it will be a lighter experience than anything. You know, power to weight ratio will be better than um, for a lower weight than anything you get out of gas at a reasonable level. And so I think it's, I think it's a, a good positioning. Um, it is a challenge, right? Like the industry is, is filled with extremely passionate people that have spent their lives focused on, you know, building and recreating with these bikes and sort of to introduce something new that actually changes the visceral experience to a decent degree is let's say a adaptation phase. But I think every time that I've gotten an ice bike rider onto one of the credible or legitimate electric motos, it's sort of an eye-opening moment for those riders. And they're like, wow, okay, I didn't actually expect this to be a legit moto. It's different, but it puts a smile on my face, you know? Yeah. In fact, we we get to the point where some folks are like, I actually had planned what I was going to tell you that this thing is a, a piece of, you know what, <laughs> um, but I, I can't say that because it's not true, you know? <laughs> so I think the big thing there is getting people on bikes, um, just let them experience it for themselves. And so this kind of goes back to like building this hand in hand with the industry. Like part of our plan is, you know, as we have prototypes and as we have these bikes available is to show up at events and let the core customer get on and ride them. Another big piece is also just to be inspired by athletes that you really trust, you know, and so bringing on actual core ambassadors, which we're kind of currently in work on 
that can really tell the story effectively of how these bikes are different. So the riding style is a bit different. The opportunities for riding where you can ride them and when is it is a bit different. And also sort of, I think the attitude when you ride, it can be quite a bit different. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a journey, I think, to get people really on board. But I think dust is in it for the long game. Like, I don't see this as a one and done, like try to hit, you know, mega growth, unicorn status. Like I actually see this long play as a really important one for the industry at large, which is bringing new riders into the sport while also energizing the core customer base. Um, and I think electric can really help do that over time. We'll get back to the conversation in one moment, but first here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So as you kind of alluded to earlier, like this is really the first attempt at an American-made dirt bike since Alta, which was way back in like 2007. You know, with Dust Moto coming in to the segment, how do you think this time will be different? It's super interesting. In a lot of ways, we benefit... Um, you know, sort of the old adage is like standing on the shoulder of giants. Like we benefit from that amazing effort that Alta put into that product. Like they had the vision to bring a fully performant MX bike to market with the technology at the time back then, you know, sort of 2007 through 2017, like that decade that they were at it was a time of massive improvement in the technology. You're right. Like it was early. And sometimes, you know, you think about the Gartner's innovation cycle or whatever, like early, they were early adopters and they started to get solid interest, but the timing that it happened for them was a period of difficulties in sort of the financial operation of the business. And we kind of touched on this actually in our last newsletter for dust, like capital management is huge in the, in the business. And I actually think if Alta had existed three or four years later, like, so they had released their third generation bikes. They had solved a lot of the gremlins on the technical side. Their awareness was going up really cool stuff with Josh Hill and straight rhythm. And people were starting to say, Hey, what's, what's the deal. And they just basically the capital engineering, the capital management became really tough because those orders were starting to ramp, but they needed the revenue now, you know? And so, yeah, we benefit from, the consumer actually getting some visibility to that, having that, let's say, seed planted close to a decade ago for a lot of the industry. And actually what we got, you can see is like actually over the last four years, Alta used Alta bikes actually became pretty high demand as word really got out that, hey, these are actually legitimately pretty cool. Yep. And so then you have that coupled with the rise of Suron starting in 2017. So the market or the industry has started to have more and more options and people have started to realize that these things are, are A, pretty cool, B, pretty fun and different. And so there's been a softening, like sort of, you know, the, the barriers have been lowered a little bit for the industry to say, okay, what is this? So there's, there's definitely a lot of new excitement around electric. I think the other piece around Suron and Super 73 and all these actually pedal electric bicycles, even in the, the mountain bike industry, is motors on objects and even throttles is becoming a much more common thing for a co consumer. 
you know, I like to joke around that there's more kids able to wheelie than ever before in the history of the planet because of Surons. <laughs> um, and I think that's super interesting for new entrants to the space. All of a sudden, you've kind of preloaded your target market with consumers that are, are open to trying these new things and these, these new powertrains. So I think it's kind of, yeah, it's a combination of like the market is interested and needs a bit of energy and rejuvenation and growth. There's been some entrants that have um, sort of softened um, those barriers and, and proven that electric can be awesome. And now there's um, new consumers that are kind of ready to, I think, make the leap into power sports proper from sort of these um, extension spaces like Suron and, and Super 73. I think in a lot of ways, too, let's face it, the industry is always talking nonstop about ways to grow, you know, our consumer base. And to me, like this is just a home run in that aspect of it because of that crossover aspect, because someone that does come from, say, that mountain bike, even BMX background, when you're eliminating like shifting gears and clutch, I mean, that's a huge barrier removed for point of entry. And so I just feel like there's so much opportunity in this segment. I'm sure there are some market challenges, one thing being battery range. But I also think the way that people go about riding these is going to be a different experience as well. So, you know, maybe it's shorter rides, you know, like more like going out with your friends and doing some free riding at the, the pump track mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that, like some of the market challenges and, you know, how you think the dust moto will address that. Yeah, no, I just kind of as a starting point, talking about the crossover space, you know, I think just at its core level, moto culturally holds a lot of power or sway for kind of lifestyle sports in general. And the industry knows it, actually. You know, you've got Troy Lee, you've got Fox Racing, you've got Alpine Stars. All of these brands actually make kit for moto and mountain bike. And you see more and more kind of moto riders training on the bike, both just recreational, but also for, you know, actual fitness and, and skills. And on the same side, you see mountain bike athletes, a lot of these gravity racers at the top levels of sport either grew up with moto or now have put moto into their program because it trains sort of reading terrain at speed and kind of fast firing of muscles, as well as it's just a heck of a lot of fun, right? So I think like the stage is set for that conduit between the two spaces and we can absolutely bring you know, an actual vehicle in addition to the accessories and other gear that's available that spans that. And I'm excited because like we said, this is a little bit of kind of category innovation here, which is a different riding experience than a traditional big bike and moto. Um, we can create this experience where the learning curve is greatly reduced for a crossover athlete, whether it's, you know, kind of gravity snow oriented or, or bike oriented, um, to actually jump on and feel comfortable out of the gate. And I can talk with personal experience, but also also have seen a lot of friends um, make the leap over. And when they jump on an electric moto, they actually are much closer to their, let's say, innate ability on a mountain bike when they're on an e-moto than if they jump over to a uh, traditional gas bike. Because like you said, the gear shifting, the clutch, that's just another layer of friction in the experience. And so now you're, instead of thinking about getting set up for the corner, breaking points, foot positioning, all that stuff, you're trying to think about like, you know, sort of syncopation and drumming, like, okay, how am I getting into the right gear? How am I making sure that I'm not stalling this thing? 
And it ends up creating kind of a poor experience for like the mountain bikers and stuff that are trying to cross over into moto. They're like, man, I'm good on two wheels. Why is this? Why do I feel like a goon? You know, it's distracting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. The shifting yeah. aspect if you're not used to it, you know? Yeah. Sure. So what's really cool is these athletes now and, and riders, they jump on these emotos and all of a sudden they're at like sort of an intermediate or beyond level. And it's like, this is like fun. I can get behind this. Right. So I think that that conduit is more open and, you know, by building the product that spans that, you know, geometry wise, it's finding that balance for an aggressive motor rider that's highly skilled to be able to tack on the platform, you know, the terrain and ride it the way they want to ride a, a moto. But at the same time, it's a bit more open for the crossover athlete. Um, but you hit on something which is important. It's like in order to make the core consumer be excited by this, it still has to do something unique, right? And so if you're trying to replace a 450 with an electric moto, the thing you got to play on is sort of tractability or, or rideability, instant torque. And now with the amazing you know tech that Stark is kind of bringing to the table, just sheer horsepower, Um but, you know, that like we talked about earlier, there's challenges there um, associated with battery and range. So what we're going to do is actually play on this idea that, hey, this will get you more places more often with lower barriers of entry so that you can ride more, simply put. And, and there's this thing that we like to say internally that time is the most precious commodity. And if you actually talk with a lot of moto families the amount of time that gets spent maintaining bikes, prepping for ride days, um, you know, just organizing these longer trips. Yes, it is part of the experience, but I think you could safely argue that a lot of people would cut that time in half and rather spend it riding. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you said, you're tapping into that cool moto vibe that we have going on here. And just to kind of like that reminded me of a recent story I heard basically like how Jet Lawrence is really good friends with Daniel Ricardo, the Formula One driver. And mm. like Daniel Ricardo looks at the moto guys like they're just absolutely insane, the most incredible athletes ever. And then Jet looks at Daniel Ricardo like he's crazy. And, you know, the MotoGP guys, same thing. Like they look at moto, motocross and supercross guys like they're absolutely just the most badass people out there, which they are. But it just shows you the level of coolness that moto has. So you're kind of encompassing that by bringing more of these people, whether it's influencers or members of the media, which kind of takes us to our next point, which was something that you guys are doing as part of the process here called the Founders 50 program. So let's talk about this, because I really think this is a unique approach that I've never really seen done in power sports, as far as I know. Yeah, Founders 50 is basically an early crowdfund program. We're actually going to announce it this week. And as we started talking about how do we build this brand with the industry involved and sort of steer clear of some of these previous pitfalls, we really connected with this idea of just building it in public. And one of the best ways to do that is actually to bring customers and industry members actually into the inner circle here at Dust to help shape the way that we're developing the bike and the brand. And so it's going to probably feel a little funny, like if someone's critical, they could say like, oh, well, they're not completely done. And that's the point. We're going to launch this thing. We're going to show kind of the early concept of the bike but it really is knowing that this has still got a lot of opportunity for molding and shaping and, and tweaking to make it the best possible product. And you hit on something that's super interesting, right? Like the cool factor for motorcycles is kind of timeless, right? Like yep. you go back to Steve McQueen, 
you know, Hollywood, even today, um, you know, Jason Momoa is sort of the main brand ambassador for Harley. And I think, especially here in the States, there's that opportunity to tap into that and apply that, that energy and passion to actually build the best possible brand so that we actually are able to rise up and kind of meet that challenge and I think operate within that space. And so anyways, yeah, back to Founders 50. Um, basically, we're going to open it up. We're sort of curating a list of 50 early crowdfund backers to join us. Um, we're going to include them on monthly brain trust meetings. We're going to get their feedback. We're going to share early progress on prototypes maybe even give them an um, exclusive opportunity to throw their leg over some of the very earliest stuff and help us shape how that goes. At the end of the day, it's going to be sort of a monthly commitment and they'll get the bikes at the end of the program, in essence, for half of the retail price. So they basically have joined us to build an amazing bike, participate in this development program that I think is actually really unique. And then at the end of it, they get the first bikes off the line and they, they've gotten them for half off, which I think is super compelling. Yeah. Two words that like just stand out to me was for one, it's a word that we don't probably hear enough, uh, transparency, <laughs> which is like really cool. I mean, like I think about how Triumph has gone about things like it's completely the opposite of your approach here. Like it's not going to be secretive development. It's going to be in public, you know, like and you have this term even build in public. And the second word that came to mind is empowering. Like to be one of those founders, 50 people, to me, that's an empowering experience to know that you're going to be able to have some input on the design of a motorcycle. Pretty cool program. It's exciting. Yeah. I hope that this is an opportunity for a lot of folks that have grown up in the sport and, you know, as sort of passionate participants to sort of say, like, I've always wanted to help design a dirt bike, right? And like, this is literally that opportunity. And I think that's, I think that's pretty special. I know as a kid growing up, I would have loved that opportunity in a bunch of different spaces, um, even as an adult. <laughs> so it's sort of why we're doing it. It's like, I actually just want this to exist philosophically. There's good reasons to sort of build secret development programs. You know, you don't want to show your cards, especially in a competitive landscape. But the reality is for electric, um, the table isn't set, like the players are still being determined. And I think what we potentially give up in, in sort of sharing our hand early, I think we more than repay in building the best possible product at the right time in a way that reflects the industry more effectively. Well, I think more than anything, like the biggest thing that I've gotten out of this conversation um, Dust is really kind of doing something unique and that creating an American-made product for that light moto space between ICE and, and e-bikes that results in a shorter learning process that's less intimidating and has the potential to attract a ton of new customers. Yeah, absolutely. At a very basic level, we're taking as much of the experience from riding an existing dirt bike, the sensation that you get, the speed, the terrain, you know, kind of natural off-road as well as track stuff. We're, we're taking that and distilling it down, bottling it into a new platform that happens to be electric drive. We don't want to create this sort of new experience that people aren't sure about. Like this is a dirt bike, but it's going to be a dirt bike delivered in a way that fills the space between the existing dirt bikes and where the EMTB, the, the pedal electric bicycles have been starting to get to, which is a bit faster, a bit more capable, lightweight, um, and, and still really exciting. 
let's build a rad bike for the existing core consumer, as well as bring new folks into the sport, because this is a platform that breaks down those walls. I mean, the sky's the limit in a lot of ways. I could see there being race series that are just catered towards these, you know, light moto bikes. And mm -hmm. what's not to say that you can end up with some kind of a Red Bull rampage on these bikes? You know, like, can you imagine some of the stuff they're going to start doing with these things at some point? So I'm, I'm excited to see where this entire segment goes and for it to be an American made product, even cooler. Yeah, it's an opportunity um, to create kind of a new pop of energy for kind of the moto industry, embrace it in the right ways because the product and the brand is is there and it resonates and you know just being a part of the community to help foster more events bring new riders in give an opportunity for new accessory manufacturers to build businesses it's all good for the ecosystem getting more people on two wheels and twisting the throttle and i'm excited to kind of help play a part of that and hopefully you know if we all come together in the right way we'll we'll sort of be years down the line and looking back and say like, yeah, the, the industry is healthier with a better funnel of new riders because we were able to make some of this stuff happen. Absolutely. Well, if someone wants to get involved, like say with this Founders 50s, like how, how can they become a part of, you know, the Dust Moto process? And I think I even read too, where there'll be a second round in November in addition to the Founders 50, you got an extra 200 early adopters. Um, tell us about that. So the best way in the near term with Founders 50 is actually sign up on our website, www.dustmoto.com, or follow us online on Instagram. It's, I think, Dustmoto Official. As a part of this build in public, we're just openly sharing regular updates via newsletter. And our landing page for Founders 50 is there on our website. You can sign up directly there. If we happen to fill up the 50 spots, we're going to create a wait list. And sort of, we're going to provide some of the Founders 50 communications to that waitlist. And we're going to give some benefits to the folks that join on the waitlist here early days um, when we actually go live later this year with kind of the larger launch and release. And we're going to do that after getting prototypes out in the wild and tested and, you know, over the next three to four months starting to refine and lean into kind of the detailed design. And yeah, at the end of the day, that's going to be a, a bit larger batch of bikes that will open up. And, and really, we want to take, uh, I think, a progressive approach to building the business. Like, I don't want to show up later this year and try to sell 10,000 bikes. Like, I think that's not the right thing for us to be doing. So we're going to kind of start this with pragmatic goals and build a really compelling product. And later this year, hopefully show up with some rad content on our bikes with some really great ambassador partners um, helping us along the way. What you have going on there is, I can't say enough about how exciting it is just to kind of see just, you know, American product coming that's for moto. I mean, pretty darn cool. You know, this is a very transparent project. You're a transparent guy. So if people have questions on this project, you know, uh, hit you up, right? Absolutely. Um, my email is colin at dustmoto.com. Happy to chat with anyone that's passionate about this. And at the end of the day, uh, this product and, and brand is really going to be a reflection of kind of the passionate people that are involved. And we know that we're only going to do this if we are able to bring kind of a tribe to circle around us and, and help get this off the ground as well. And, and I'm super excited. And I, Dale, I really appreciate the time to chat a bit about what we've got going on and, and some thoughts on the industry. I probably could go for another hour or two. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, it's just too fun. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like you said, exciting times and uh, just really appreciate you uh, coming on today and 
sharing some of what Dust Moto is all about. So anything else you want to share, though, before we close out this episode, go right ahead. This is great. Um, excited for this launch coming up. We hope that folks are really stoked by what they see. And uh, yeah, follow us along on this journey. And there's going to be a lot of good stuff to come here still. Awesome. Appreciate your time today, Colin. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dale. Talk soon. If you enjoyed this episode, follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmotorsports.com where you can listen to the past episodes and check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog powered by Podium Life, featuring articles and industry news focused exclusively on two-wheel and four-wheel motorsports. Head to pitpassmotorsports.com to check it out. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.